Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast. And I'm here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. Now, that might be the mission of the nonprofit that you're currently working at, or the many missions of the nonprofits you work with if you're a freelance grant writer or nonprofit consultant. And here on the show, we offer tons of resources. If you want to also get some other great resources that we have, we have free workbooks, a grants formula, a short video series. We also have a nonprofit uh, wellness checklist. We have so many different things in our free hub haven. So if you want to join the grant writing and funding hub haven, please visit grantwritingandfunding.com to sign up. You will not be disappointed. Also, we have our six-week live grant writing training now open. So we are starting the end of March. So you are definitely going to want to get in on that if you are listening before March 22nd, 2022, because we have our six-week live grant writing training. So that means every single week you will go live with me and your cohort, um, and you will be learning about grants. You will be getting feedback. You'll be getting templates. You'll even be getting videos you can go back to again and again, and you will walk away with a master grant application finished with feedback. Yes, you're welcome. You are going to totally love that. We offer this about twice a year, so you will definitely want to jump in on the six-week live grant writing training and get that feedback, get you motivated to actually start writing the grants. Or if you've been a grant writer for a while, but you just want to gain confidence and get more and more competitive in your grant writing and build up your technical uh, grant writing skills, you will want to join our course. We do have limited slots, so you're definitely going to want to jump in there um, and go over to grantwritingandfunding.com where you're going to see more information about our six-week live grant writing training. All right, so let's go ahead and introduce our guest today. We have an amazing guest, as we have many guests over the last few weeks, on our show. And Sydney is also one of our students. So she is a change maker, one of our students in the courses that we offer. And she reached out to me because she said, hey, my husband and I might have done something that could be of service to other people on the podcast that are listening. So she went on to explain about the very innovative crowdfunder that her and her husband did to raise funds for her son who is diagnosed with a very rare disease. Um, And it is absolutely super innovative. I love how they tied this together. They are able to raise funds for a nonprofit that that does research for the disease that her son has. So she's really tying in a way, you know, a few different things in this interview, right? Not only um, different innovative in crowdfunding and fundraisers to inspire you, but also how board of directors can get involved and what types of people you might want to pull on your board. So once again, Sydney, I just want to give you a thank you and a shout out for being on this podcast because it's very moving that you shared something so personal and also reached out to me to say, hey, we did this and it worked. Um, and I love to share it with your with your tribe. <laughs> 
So a big thank you to Sydney for sharing that with us. You guys are going to love this show today. You're going to get lots of inspiration. So a little bit about Sydney. So Sydney and her husband, Brett, live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania with their three boys. They moved then to South Africa in 2015 to serve with an African-led NGO, Life Child. While in South Africa, their third son, Emmett, was born. And as I mentioned, he was diagnosed with SYNGAP1 at 18 months old after nearly a year of searching for answers while overseas. After being hospitalized for his severe epilepsy, the family moved back to the United States in 2019. So Sydney and her family connected with SYNGAP Research Fund soon after receiving their son's diagnosis and began learning about all aspects of the disease from the community. Sydney continues to serve Life Child Africa Foundation through partnership development and grant writing. All right, guys, so you're going to be hearing all about Sydney and her husband, Brett, because he has a pretty big YouTube following, and that's where they started thinking, hmm, how can we get these these listeners or these watchers more like it, right? Our subscribers out there. And it's all about tech. He's a techie, right? How can we do crowdfunding and involve them in the process? Well, Sydney is going to tell you about her husband's trip across the United States in a Tesla, live streaming the entire time and raising funds for SynGap Research Fund. All right, guys, so you guys are going to be blown away by this innovative fundraiser, and hopefully it inspires you to also have some innovative fundraisers and crowdfunding campaigns for the different nonprofits that you serve. For today's show notes and to connect with Sydney, go ahead and go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 207. All right, guys, here's Sydney. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, super excited because you've actually been in the grant writing and funding Changemaker Tribe for a while now. So it's so much fun to be like, we were just, I was doing a Facebook Live yesterday and you were on and now I'm seeing you today. I'm so happy that to record it because I struggle sometimes to make it at the right time, but I always go back and watch the recordings and you've been really gracious to answer some of my questions, but I email you ahead of time too. Yes, and thank you for those questions. It's always great. So it's so much fun. Like, I love it when I see people or I see students and I never really get to meet them, like see their faces. So it's so much fun to do podcasts with people that are like in the tribe and be like, oh my gosh, I love your cause. I love what you're doing. Come on the podcast. And then you do. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. So I know everyone's like biting at the bit to find out like, what, what are you talking about? What is this live stream thing and everything? But before we get there, I really wanted to give you an opportunity because to share your story, because your story is very powerful, right? And when you had uh, sent me an email about it, I was like, wow, that is so impactful. And it really touched me because um, we're going to talk about your child, right? And that's really like our kids, like, oh my gosh, it's like, it always touches me when people talk about their children. So anyways, I just wanted to open up the door for you then to kind of share your story. So people really get context before we go into kind of like the how to's. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Well, my family and I I, um, have a husband and at the time that we moved to South Africa, I had two sons. That was in 2015, and we actually served on the field with a faith-based NGO that supports African leaders Mm -hmm. um, in sub-Saharan Africa, especially in communities where there are orphan and vulnerable children, Um, so that NGO is life child. Um, And we were there for a lovely four years, um, but I actually had a third son while we lived there, um, and he ended up being diagnosed with an incredibly rare disease 
um, that only 800 other people in the world have um, a diagnosis with right now. Uh, so Emmett was born in 2017, and um, it didn't take long for us to realize that, you know, something wasn't quite right with his health. Um, and while we were still in South Africa, uh, we received his diagnosis. It's um, an incredibly difficult disease called SYNGAP1. Uh, it affects uh, the synapses in your brain and, and lots of other things. And um, among the symptoms are severe epilepsy, um, autism, global developmental delay, intellectual disability. My son also happens to have um, some issues with his motor development. So he's not quite walking yet at four years old. Um, and anyways, it's just this disease that impacts everything about your kid <laughs> and that therefore impacts everything about your life. Um, so in 2019, uh, he got very ill in South Africa and we were struggling as foreigners to navigate um, the healthcare system. Uh, in a way that was helping him to grow and thrive. And so we moved back to the United States in 2019. Um, I continued working with LifeChild and I began volunte volunteering with Syngap Research Fund. Um, I'm now on the board of directors and it is a fabulous organization that's dedicated to supporting parents and making sure that in my child's lifetime, we have a significant treatment for the genetic roots of his disease. I mean, that's just, it's so heart touching and, you know, um, to be able to then take control, like I imagine, you know, when, when you have a child that is faced with something at first, you're not even sure what the diagnosis is. And then like, you know, that just alone is, I can't even imagine the stress that's involved with that. The unknown, right. is so scary. And then when you find out, well, the known is there's only, you know, 800 other cases in the entire world, like, automatically, you know, the research is not going to be as robust as say other diseases that millions of people face. Right. So, um, yeah, taking control of that is really powerful to join the research, uh, nonprofit, you know, to, to drive it forward. So I applaud yeah. you on that. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, thanks. You know, it's, I always tell people it's kind of like winning the lottery twice. Um, I mean, not the good lottery, <laughs> but you know, you have this, um, this, um, event that happens that just doesn't seem statistically like it should be happening to you. And it does, but actually um, Syngap Research is so well off because of the community that exists in Syngap Research Fund, um, considering how many patients we have and um, that it wasn't a, you know, a disease that has really been around as long as some of the other ones that have had really significant research, we we're like moving so quickly. And so it was actually such a huge relief for me to find like, no, there's actually a really great organization that's already working so incredibly hard with a, an army of people <laughs> to move this stuff forward so that our kids can receive treatments. That's, yeah, that's amazing. That gives you hope, right? Like there's like, there's hope with this, with this research and like it's speed to market. And is it mostly, um, is this organization um, US organiz nonprofit, the Syngap Research Fund? Yeah, so we're a 51C3 in mm -hmm. California, but um, we're part of Syngap Global Network, which mm -hmm. is, um, you know, uh, countries all over the world have parents who have set up foundations to really make sure that we're, we're covered globally um, and you know, thinking equitably about research and all of that good stuff. So we are part of a larger network. Oh, that's really nice. Yes, yeah, when it's when um, inter countries, you know, come together, right, to really address an issue and, and the politics kind of get thrown to the side, which is good, 
because you yeah. want to have yeah like the fewest bureaucracy right to really get to the research and everything so that's yeah. really i mean that that's gives you know that's that must be so heartwarming to be like okay now there at least there's a way forward and i love that mission as far as within our life or our sons or our child's lifetime we want to we want some kind of you know solution to this issue and to really you know believe it and move forward in it that's amazing so yeah yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's really great as well to know that you're not alone. You don't want to wish this on anybody. It's terrible, <laughs> but um, it's really great to have camaraderie and friendship and people who really understand that you can connect with. So that's just, um, yeah, it, it's just fabulous to have that. Yes. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that story. I mean, that's just amazing. And then just even like moving countries, right? Like going somewhere, you guys were in South Africa and you've been able to stay connected um, as far as still working for the organization, even though it's based in South Africa. So I think that's, that's really wonderful. Um, but let's kind of bring into the picture now, because your husband it also, you know, looking at different ways then to raise money for this research nonprofit then to really help your son and others that also have um, this diagnosis, right? So there's been some interesting things that have happened. Um, did you want to kind of talk about like, he's developed a YouTube channel and how you've kind of connected this YouTube kind of like private thing, because it's like for gamers and stuff, but then how you've connected it to this research. Sure. Well, um, the, the YouTube and uh, tech aspect of things is definitely all my husband. <laughs> um, that is not something that I, I'm not really uh, a huge part of that world beyond what I need to be to support him and obviously to engage with, um, with charity. Uh, so um, my husband did start a YouTube channel um, kind of out of a desire to, um, to be a creator of content and not just a consumer. That was kind of the, like the heart feeling that he had about it. Um, so it's been a skill that he's developed. And, you know, when he started, um, I was probably the, probably the cameraman for the first few videos and they were terrible and the quality was poor. And, you know, he, it was just, you know, it wasn't great um, stuff, but as he learned and got better, um, he actually developed, you know, um, a substantial enough channel that it's his full-time job now. He has a studio in our basement and, um, you know, that's been his life for the last few years. And it's um, been really great for us because it's helped us to pay for our medical bills <laughs> for our child. Um, so yeah, he, he has a channel, it's called UFD Tech. It's, you know, tech uh, gaming, uh, tech news kind of related stuff. And um, we did start doing live streams originally in South Africa, just very small and simple charity live streams that we were, I think we've done them for 24 hours each time. So it's kind of like around the clock thing. Mm -hmm. I think the first one raised maybe $2,000 <laughs> and that, um, that went to Life Child. And every year we just tried to do a little bit better. And I think we've, we're somewhere close to quadrupling our, um, our, our donations for each live stream over the years. So um, while we were still in South Africa, we thought, you know, um, we would like to begin supporting as well an organization related to my child's health, because this is something we're going to be dealing with for the rest of our lives. And um, we certainly want to be proactive about supporting whatever is going on that is going to help him to be better. Mm -hmm. um, and so we started doing live streams. And so um, in 2020, our live stream for um, SRF was a 24-hour charity stream. 
it was really simple. It took place in his studio. He had a couple of his um, friends and employees there with him. They played games, they took shots. <laughs> you know, they just did this random stuff. Um, and they raised a significant amount of money. It was like $43,000. Wow. Um, but I would love to share with you today, um, especially about um, some of the really great ways that we partnered with the organization that we were raising the funds for um, in order to make sure that we went above and beyond what we were able to accomplish last year. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would love, I would love to hear because you know it's it's interesting too. So just to kind of pause just for a second. Um, so with your husband doing this channel, it was really more of playing games, like video games, like doing very online tech stuff, right? So, but to combine the viewers with able to raise money. So you were still reaching out to some of these viewers that liked the content he was already creating on his channel on the tech stuff, right? Just so yeah, very much our audience or, you know, rather his audience for his channel is um, people who are into tech, people who are into gaming, people who build their own computers mm -hmm. um, and, you know, want to kind of keep up on the latest news and get the best deals and that kind of thing. So um, we're really um, most attuned to like the tech audience. Mm -hmm. But as you know, on YouTube, there are a bazillion different audiences, right? Like there's Absolutely. people who are into beauty and people who are into home renovation and people who are into music. So there's a million communities out there, but ours ha happens to be the tech sphere. I love it, I love it. Yeah, so, so then you have, you raise this money. So then how did it work? I know there was also another, um, crowdfunder he did as far as um, driving across the country. So I think you're going to uh, go into that. And then we can also share the page that you guys developed as a sample so other people can kind of see like what you guys did. Because I thought your page was actually really good too. So basically you guys, uh, a URL people can go to to donate money and it was really laid out well. I mean, it is well laid, laid out well. So um, that's also another great resource as well. So yeah. Yeah. Well, for this past year, um, my husband, he's a, he's a Tesla lover. Mm -hmm. And so um, we had considered uh, renting this Tesla and he was like, I wanna live stream a drive across the United States because I don't think anybody's ever live streamed an entire drive across the United States. Um, and then I was kind of like, yeah, um, that would be lovely. Like, why don't we do that for a charity? Like we have, to, we have to do something for our live streaming this year. Can it not be that? Yeah. Um, so some of our early plans kind of fell through um, <laughs> because originally he actually wanted to do what's called a cannonball run, which is like uh, do it as fast as you can from New York to LA specific route that people do crazy things. Like they break so many laws <laughs> trying to do this <laughs> drive. And he was like, yeah, it's probably not the best if I live stream <laughs> me yes. breaking the law for multiple days. Live stream getting pulled over. <laughs> So we were like, you know, um, we do have uh, an older Model X and um, we were kind of like, you know, we think that this would be kind of fun to like show off the car, you know, electric cars are kind of the future. We're working on stuff that is the future for our kids and genetic research. So let's combine the two. And um, instead of, uh, you know, breaking lots of laws and trying to do it as fast as possible, we rather said, you know, let's make it more relational and less about the time that we get it done in. 
and just try to raise a bunch of money, have a lot of fun along the way. Um, and that became kind of the theme is, um, you know, doing a cannonball. So that's what the route is called from New York to LA um, and calling it cannonball for the cure because we are really working on genetic treatments that will address the root cause of our child's disease. Um, so uh, from there, it just kind of took off. We originally invited some YouTube friends you know, it's COVID, some of them were able to make it, totally understandable. So one of the really cool crossovers that we had between the tech audience and the world of Syngap was to actually invite two other dads who have children with Syngap. Um, they actually have boys almost the exact same age as ours. Oh, wow. um, and they were actually the ones who took the drive with Brett um, across the United States. Um, so we thought it was really fun because um, our community a lot of people know these dads, you know, even if it's just online. So it's like seeing their friends get to do this. And of course their families, you know, their university communities, their business communities were all excited to see them. And that was a way that we um, were able to interact um, with spheres that we're not normally interacting with. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was really fun because Brett's audience, um, a lot of them have been with us since before Emmett was diagnosed, like they remember, um, Brett live streaming a few nights after Emmett was born, you know, um, so they've been along for years and they've actually got to meet other people who are part of this other community. And it was just a great way to kind of, um, you know, share humanity between two seemingly unconnected groups of people. Oh, I love that. You know, that, and that's just so, and it's good. He needed people to also take over the drive. <laughs> He could not do it alone. <laughs> yeah, or just to chat with, right? So like, that's nice to have that live streaming. So there's like, they also see conversations, right? That are happening. So, but yeah, I mean, that's, I love the idea too of, you know, how can we make this relatable to the cause? And I think that's really cool because even though it might not be direct, but when you throw in the tech together to say, look at this nonprofit's doing a lot of technical advancements, you know, in this research and it connects to this Tesla, it connects to this tech, uh, tech community that's watching. And I think that's such a good blend. Like it makes sense. So, I mean, just for people that are listening or watching out there to really think about how can we merge you know, even for-profit things with nonprofit, you know, that have aligned priorities, right? That have aligned, and they might not be the exact same lane, but if they're next to each other, it can totally work, right? So um, that's really wonderful. And then you, you also had mentioned that because of that, you started getting matching donors, right? To come in and say, okay, if we, you raise X, they'll put in X amount. So can you kind of talk about how that worked and did you guys intentionally reach out to those sources as well to ask for matching specifically, or how did that kind of all come together? Yeah, well, um, a lot of people who have, you know, YouTube channels, um, Twitch, you know, in, any kind of online influencer kind of people mm -hmm. um, will have a lot of times uh, corporate sponsors who pay for advertisement in their videos um, or in their photos or wherever. Um, and so that's no different for us. Brett has a lot of tech and non-tech companies that pay for advertisement in his videos. And, um, you know, this wouldn't be the first time that we've reached out to them and say, hey, you know, we really enjoy working with you guys. You know, we're grateful that you're enjoying the videos and the advertisements that we're making for you. 
we're going to be doing this charity event. Um, you know, would you be able to put up $2,500 as a matching gift? And we'll be sure to, um, you know, have a portion of the stream dedicated to talking about your product. We'll make sure that you're on our banners that roll across the screen that everybody sees. You'll be in all of our media that lists you as a sponsor. Um, and so a lot of companies were um, willing to invest that way. Um, and so that's how we sought them out. And um, again, like, you know, most influencers, that's, that is how they make money. Um, and so they will maybe already have some connections with uh, companies that are willing to do that with them. Mm -hmm. um, and then on top of that, um, our, our, the rest of the board at SRF was really great because, you know, they would go out and ask people. Um, I know, you know, people would ask their companies, um, they'd ask their relatives to watch. Um, and then some of our board members, you know, saved some of their big giving for, um, you know, making a matching gift during our stream um, or asking people who they've been wanting to ask for a nice donation that this is the opportunity that they use to ask for it because then those people also knew that it was hopefully going to go twice as far by encouraging the audience who's watching the live stream to, to match their donation as well. Oh, that's so great. And that was like, was that the main kind of strategy was to ask for matching rather than just asking for a, like a straight up one-time donation? You know what I mean? Like, um, I think we had pretty close to $50,000 in matching gifts, if I remember correctly. Nice. Um, and we, the, the final total, um, was somewhere around 150,000. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, that's a pretty significant portion. I wouldn't say we went into it with our main strategy, but at the end, it turned out that yes, it was a really significant portion. Um, one of the other things that um, UFD Tech did, which I think was really great, was um, my husband reached out to other YouTubers, other creators who are in the tech world, um, you know, and just kind of like encouraged them. Um, you know, if they wanted to give, then they definitely could. Um, you know, one gave a really significant donation of $10,000, which was fabulous. Um, but he also asked them to send videos, just quick uh, little excerpts about a challenge that they've encountered in their creator life. Because we were like, you know, we're, we're challenged every day by our child's disease and having to live and work and um, learn to love around this, this disease that just makes life so hard. Um, but we know that's not the only challenge that people face. Can you please share with us for five minutes about a challenge that you faced in your life? And some of their challenges were really <laughs> significant life challenges. It wasn't just like, oh, my YouTube channel isn't going well. It was about their kids' health and, and family members. And we got to share that with our audience too. And so that was just a nice way to, um, to engage the tech community without necessarily asking for money. But a lot of them were really generous in the end. Oh, that's so nice. I, I love that. I mean, that's really amazing that I love that touch on humanity too, to be like, can you just share a challenge? And, and then when people hear that, they're like, oh, there's these YouTubers, but they're actually like real people too. And right. Like it's uh, getting rid of the filter sometimes, right. To really see people as they are. So that's, that's really phenomenal. So um, yeah. as far as his channel, then how many followers did he have at the time or subscribers, I should say? Um, I'm going to say like 370, 370,000, mm -hmm. um, somewhere around there. And, you know, it grew from zero <laughs> a few years ago. Um, and that's that, amazing that's a, though. That's a, that's a lot of growth in a, just a few years. 
Yeah, it is. It definitely makes him not one of the bigger YouTube channels, but I think that's actually kind of encouraging. You know, there's some channels out there with millions and millions of subscribers. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm encouraged because if we can do it, there's a lot of people out there who can also do it. There's tons of channels that are the size of, you know, less than half a million or so. Um, so I, I would love for other, um, you know, smaller channels to be aware that they can make such a big impact. And then also for organizations to be aware that, um, you know, there's actually a lot of value in blocking a journey with somebody yeah. and not being like, well, we'll only do this if we have some streamer who has, you know, 5 million subscribers or something. Right. Um, that would be really limiting, but actually growing your audience um, and growing your community in partnership with somebody, you know, obviously you want to trust them and vet them and all of that good stuff. But um, being willing to kind of take a, a bit of a risk, maybe on somebody smaller, um, in hopes that over the years, something really beautiful is going to come of it. Um, I don't know. I, I've seen it work. <laughs> yeah, I love that because it's like this um, private-public partnership. You know, it's like this interesting um, kind of mix, right? The nonprofit world with the for-profit, and it, it comes together. And I mean, that could be something that's such a good way to say even nonprofits out there, maybe, you, yeah, start a YouTube channel, but maybe it's more about finding a for-profit that makes sense that might want to work with you, right? Since they already have a platform, they already have, you know, because building that, like you said, it takes time. Like um, yeah. there's a lot of energy that goes into that um, to really build it. But if you can work with people, and I, and I know even on Instagram, you know, the last few years and other social platforms, they're saying the micro-influencers are really the key ones now. Because before it used to be like, you know, the Kim Kardashians or this or that, you know what I mean? Like, but now they're saying actually people with smaller audiences are, they can be more engaging sometimes. And there's, there's a lot more relatability, that's a word, <laughs> you know, to, you know with, with their audience. So Yes. And actually, I think that I'm so glad that you mentioned that because um, as I mentioned to you, I grilled my husband before this interview so I could be like, I want them to know like from your lips, like what do you think is effective here? Mm -hmm. And one of his key takeaways for me was that authenticity is actually such a big deal, mm -hmm. um, especially um, on platforms like YouTube and Twitch where people are not necessarily these big giant celebrities with, you know, multi-million dollar contracts with really large organizations, but kind of smaller people who are maybe supporting their family or help, you know, it's helping them to live their dream. Mm -hmm. uh, he really felt like uh, people knowing that authenticity is important to these platforms is key because he really suggested that if there's an organization that is interested in engaging with live streamers, that they consider how they can be part of the live streamers community first. Um, before attempting to reach out to them or, or anything like oh, that. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to think too, like within a, within many organizations, not all, but within many organizations, you may have multiple staff and, you know, one person is the animal lover and one person is into health and beauty and fitness. And so you do have people within your organization who might already be part of these various audiences. It's not like it's the CEO who has to know a live streamer in order to develop a relationship that may benefit the organization. It yeah. could be anybody within your organization because we're all fundraisers, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, who could be responsible for making some connection to somebody that, you know, is somebody that they admire and trust who might have an audience that would be willing to um, participate in doing good. 
Yeah, I love that. And I, and you guys might be thinking out there, like, what is the size of that audience? And, you know, I think it's, it's more about who you're connecting to, like you said, that authenticity, but I remember, and like, this is a couple of years ago. So, you know, it could be even less, but I remember even on Instagram, they're like people, maybe 2,500 subscribers, even like, it doesn't have to be thousands or 10,000, like, you know, you can look and even not even maybe looking at that, but to see like, how do, how do you like that person? Like, are they authentic? Even if they have 500 subscribers, but are they delivering really good content and how can you work with them? Because they, if they're already developing something like that's huge, right? Um, yeah. so, I mean, even a lot of people I know on YouTube and they're like, oh, just to get over the first 100 subscribers, that's always the hardest because you kind of got to prove yourself and the more subscribers you get, the easier it is to get subscribers because people are like, oh, people are subscribing to this channel, so it must be good. So it's kind yeah. of that hump, right, to get, get through. So even if you don't intend, you can reach out to different um, YouTubers or different influencers and, and don't think influencers, once again, is like hundreds of thousands. Um, it could be, but it doesn't have to be right. It's really about what they do. But I, I love that. Like, it doesn't have to be the executive director at a nonprofit that has to watch all of these, you know, be a subscriber to all these YouTube channels and try to figure it out. But there is that reach out to somebody that you or your staff or your board of directors is already following or starts to follow and understands because, yeah. you know, it does, a lot of these YouTubers are self-funded, like you mentioned, right? Especially in the beginning. And if you ask to help promote your thing, like they're just trying to like, maybe they're not even making a living at it yet, right? Or they just like, yeah. you know, <laughs> so it's kind of a lot to ask if you don't even know like who they are. And then they might feel like, really, you want me to do something for you, but you've never even watched my channel or subscribed? Like, yeah. You know, so there's got to be a reciprocal relationship too. So yeah, I love that. Definitely. I think that that's really important. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just, it's really awesome to watch, as I mentioned before, people who are just not part of that world realize like, oh, I've actually got a lot in common with this. And, um, you know, it, it's it's fun to learn about um, a different a different group of people and to kind of uh, be part of something that maybe normally you wouldn't be part of. No, I love that. I love that. Yes, so much. It's so cool. And it's just amazing that you guys, you guys rose over $150,000 for this uh, research foundation. I mean, that's just amazing to say like, okay, not only are we passionate about our son, but we're, you know, we're going to move forward and help with the research. We're not going to you know, just wait and see if something happens or, you know, hope, but we're actually going to move forward and help fund them and become involved with the board of directors and be like, we got your back too. Like, we're going to help. We're going to assist. We're going to make sure that we can really move the needle on this. So that's really cool. I just want to, <laughs> I love that so much. So um, I, do, I definitely applaud you guys again for doing that. Um, absolutely. It was actually a lot of fun and a real privilege to be able to use a platform that <laughs> was so, you know, minuscule <laughs> a few years ago to be able to do something creative and, um, and kind of novel. And obviously that's going to do good for our children as well. 
Yes. Yeah. So, so to kind of get a nitty gritty of it, I just, cause I think I live streamed, I helped create a podcast for an organization I was with a while ago. We did some live streams on my, my YouTube channel. Now the grant writing and funding a YouTube channel. I don't really do any live streams, so I'm not really, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time there. So when they're driving, <laughs> right, the cannonball all the way from New York to California, like they're literally live streaming the entire thing, is it? Or is there patches of time? And are people at different time zones like on the whole? Like, how does this work? Yes, all of that, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, I mean, obviously, um, I wanted my husband to come back <laughs> safely. <laughs> so, um, we definitely were taking that into consideration. We tried our best to discern if anybody else had actually live stream a cross country trip and we couldn't find it. Mm -hmm. um, so we think we may have been the first, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, my, my husband actually spent actually months, I think, um, working on the logistics of this, making sure that there would be internet the entire way, mm -hmm. um, doing all of the tech stuff that he needed to do to make sure that that would happen, that the computers would run in the car, where was the camera going to be placed? Uh, you know, how are they going to mic up, especially um, when they got to um, a charging station and they needed to get out of the car? Um, so, so much, so much thought was put into all of this ahead of time. <laughs> um, and we got a lot of great suggestions from our kids and the volunteers at SRF and that kind of thing, too. Um, but yes, they did live stream the entire thing. Um, you saw people sleeping in the car. Um, you saw them uh, doing challenges that, you know, if people donated so much money, they would spin a wheel and then they would have to do one of the consequences on the wheel. Uh -huh. um, so they had to do all of that stuff while they were in the car. I know. Um, just so I don't make it sound like it was too, um, like, uh, too serious with the what, what were your challenges videos. We also had lots of really silly challenges. Um, I uh, cut my husband's hair in a swirl on the back and he dyed it red. I think he shaved off his eyebrows. Um, <laughs> he's he's going to be getting his third butt tattoo um, as a consequence of this drive. Uh, I think the guys dressed up in costumes and did karaoke songs at the charging stations, much to everybody's amusement. So they had to take all of this into consideration when they were thinking about how to make it work um, from a tech perspective. Um, and I know you mentioned that the link to UFD Tech would be in the notes. Um, there's actually several videos that we did afterwards that are dedicated to how did we make this work uh, from a tech perspective. But yeah, you saw all of it. And um, I should mention that on the way there, they only raised $135,000. And so my husband live streamed his solo trip back to Pennsylvania from California and raised the, um, the remaining 16,000 or so and people got to watch him sleep in the car and not be able to find a bathroom at the rest stop for a couple of hours at all. <laughs> so yeah, very organic. That's so amazing. I love all the fun stuff, you know, like, yeah, like doing, and that must have been so fun in the car to have people to talk to and do stuff while he's driving or whoever is driving, right? So did they just yeah. put the camera like right in the middle of the dashboard, kind of like what we're familiar with seeing on, you know, kind of those yeah. video rides. It's kind of like hanging off the rear view mirror area and you could see everybody's face. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you, you could see everybody the whole time. 
Um, we did have a couple scientists call in and share about research they'd done that we funded with last year's live stream. So that was kind of cool. And um, like one of the guy's wives called in and read this kid's book and asked people for $500 donations. And wouldn't you know, it worked. <laughs> um, so it was just like a lot of random stuff. That's kind of what my husband's channel is known for. But I think that makes it really fun. <laughs> It does. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, we hear the telethons, right? Like on, um, yeah, National Public Radio, like they always have the, the telethons and how much more fun to have it a video telethon, right? So doing all of these challenges, like that's amazing. So how long did it take then from New York to California? I don't, don't uh, quote me too much on this, but I think it was about 64 hours uh, total. So that was all driving and then um, of course with an electric car you stop to charge mm -hmm. so driving and charging time that's so cool I, I yeah I totally advocate for that too as well as using a Tesla like that's so cool because yeah you're not also you know polluting and that sort of thing and contributing to global warming <laughs> so it's like yeah I mean, that's amazing to do it in such an eco-friendly way too you know and to show that tech can actually do this and they're and I'm, I'm sure he was also promoting the charging stations because a lot of people who do, who are preparing for a road trip or something in their electric vehicle might not know where all of the charging stations are. I'm not sure how it all, I'm not in the States. <laughs> I don't know how it all works, but yeah. So that could be very helpful as well for them, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it was a big Tesla commercial, right? Um, I'll have to make sure you have something with a picture of the car in it, but it was wrapped in a, green purple and blue um ombre design so it was very visible on the road um, and continues to be because it's still wrapped that way <laughs> um so yeah it's really visible and you know i think a lot of people who maybe haven't spent time in a tesla yet yes they got to see a lot of tesla during the live stream oh that's so cool so do you guys have tesla as a sponsor yet <laughs> Well, uh, no, we, we did get some, um, some kind of like roadside support from them, but they're not, um, they're not really well known for uh, direct sponsorship like that. So we'll just have to see how things work out in the future. Maybe, maybe we'll get so big that we can't be ignored in the future. We'll see. That's right. You're gonna be like, Elon, <laughs> come on, we need some support. No, I love that. Um, and then, yeah, I like that people, you know, your car was so visible and it's kind of like this, you know, like this party fun car, like how fun. So did people like, did you get any people taking pictures of it or being like, hey, I spotted you guys and like sharing that? Yeah, yeah. Um, people would message in, um, you know, they're live streaming, but they can, not the driver, but the passengers can see messages coming in. Um, and just to also kind of clarify, we were streaming on YouTube, but um, I think our biggest audience was on Twitch. Um, and in case people are wondering, Twitch um, allows for a lot of integrations that make it easier to kind of connect with um, with people through chatting and being able to offer them rewards and that kind of thing. So that's really good to consider um, if you're doing a charity live stream. Uh, but yeah, people would message in and be like, hey, just saw you. We had a few people drop off food for us, um, you know, seeing that the guys were on the road. Um, yeah, it was just really sweet that some of the things, um, we had a giant QR code on the doors. So sometimes when they stopped at chargers, people would be like, hey, what's this for? They'd scan the QR code and send a donation and they'd say, hey, we just met you at the charger. So it was, it was another way to, you know, encourage people to give who didn't know us before. 
Oh, I love that. I love that. It's like a physical and digital, you know, fundraiser. So it's like yeah. really cool. Yeah. To, you get to really spread around, but that's such a good idea with the QR code. Um, as people are just even driving, right. They could probably, <laughs> yeah. Driving by. Yeah. Hey, what's that about? Put their phone up there. <laughs> Check it out. I know I definitely would. If I saw something like that, I'd be like, tell my daughter in the back, Hey, <laughs> take a picture yeah. of the QR code. <laughs> I know what that's if about. you're at the charger and you see three guys jump out in like those blow up Halloween costumes and they're giving you a kazoo concert, you're yeah. like, what's going on here? <laughs> that's so creative. How much fun too. I mean, they must've had such a good time together. So that's they amazing. Did. They were very tired at the end. Yes. Yes. And then for your husband, they come back solo <laughs> to Pennsylvania. Oh man. So good on you guys to raise that much money and to really, you know, utilize these platforms, but in innovative, creative ways. Like I think it's really good for people to get step-by-step -step on some things, but whenever you look at a step-by-step -step process, you know, put your own creativity and your values into it. And that's when it can become something unique and really, really, you know, it can be huge. Like what you guys just did, like, that's amazing. So I just um, really want to commend you guys on that and just being creative and thinking outside of the box and not having any kind of like barriers hold you back. So, so cool. Um, so yeah, so where can people find you guys then? Um, well, if you're interested in my husband's channel, especially if you want to see some of the um, preparation and tech workup, then that's UFB Tech on YouTube. Um, SyngapResearchFund.org is the organization that we raised money for. It's S-Y-N-G-A-P. I love that. So yeah, I mean, that's such a good cause um, to raise money for, to be looking and supporting. There's so few people that have this diagnosis, but it's really in need of a lot of support, especially for prevention work. Um, like you noted, um, you know, it hasn't been around that long. And even with these dads with other children around the same age, right, it could be something that is like, okay, um, you know, could, you know, we just want to make sure that we can prevent this from growing in the future, right? And for being able to find solutions. So definitely that's that's something to look at, you guys. So did you want to add anything else then, Sydney, before we uh, sign off today? Um, maybe just to encourage people, if this is um, the type of partnership that maybe makes you excited and, you know, you want to learn more about engaging live streamers, there are organizations out there um, like Feed America, on their website, they have a really great template for engaging um, people who want to hold charity streams. So they have kind of like a media kit and they talk about some of the platforms that they easily integrate with and, and all of that. And I think, um, you know, just kind of having that information readily available for people who might be looking to support a cause is a really great start. And then like we talked about before, um, just really thinking about communities that you may already be part of um, that have somebody that you admire and that, you know, might be worth engaging uh, with the cause that that you love. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you again. And thank you for coming on and sharing your story with us and inspiring thousands of others to really, um, you know, think creatively, maybe come up with new ideas um, that can really help a lot of different nonprofits around the world and, and people in general, just to be able to um, have awareness about them. So this is a great integrative way to do that. So thank you again. And um, yeah, we'll definitely be seeing you on again, hopefully, when you update us on your next challenge that's coming up. And maybe people can watch the live stream as well on your next challenge and be involved with how it really works so they can see from that end too. Yeah. That sounds great. Thanks for having me, Holly. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the grant writing and funding podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed learning all about Sydney and Brett and the amazing work that they're doing for their son and for the SynGap Research Fund. All right, guys, if you love this podcast episode, please be sure to subscribe. And would you do me a favor? Please leave a review on the Grant Writing and Funding podcast um, as we love to read every single podcast review that comes in. And it also helps with the algorithms to see other people find this podcast as well so they can increase their grant writing and nonprofit skills and just be amazing change makers in the world. And also be sure to check out grantwritingandfunding.com to join our free grant writing and funding hub haven. And be sure to register for our six week live grant writing training. You are going to definitely benefit this walk away with a master grant application, increase your grant writing skills and increase your confidence in writing grants. It is going to be amazing. We always have amazing feedback. Our students absolutely love this. This is one of our most popular courses that we offer. So do jump in as we have limited seats available. You can go to grantwritingandfunding.com uh, forward slash 207 for today's show notes. And you can also go to grantwritingandfunding.com just in general. And you are going to see in our menu the six-week live training. So please sign up for that. I hope to see you in the course. All right, I'll see you next week.